This episode of the Edify Studios podcast is brought to you by Vitrum Glass Group. Let Vitrum Glass Group free you from the limitations of screen printing and turn your next architectural product into a glass canvas. With digital printed ceramic frit, you can design with a variety of opacities, multiple colors, and custom designs. All created by digitally mixing ceramic inks to create a durable, UV-resistant, long-lasting design. Start today with your own custom graphic or choose from one of Vitrum's exclusive ready-to-print designs. To learn more, visit www.vitrum.ca. That's www.vitrum.ca. Welcome to the Edify Studios podcast, discussing the shift of architectural concepts into actual solutions, disrupting the current status quo, and having a blast the whole time. Here are your hosts, Brad Glauser and Brad Walker. Hey guys, welcome back to the Edify Studios podcast at AIA, From the AIA. 2019. We're Exposition. having an incredible, incredible time so far. We We've are. had some really strong people on, uh, none stronger. Our next guest. <laughs> That's right. Our next guest, Mr. Mark Dorsey. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> We're turning your Spokane Arena into a giant mud pit. <laughs> you'll pay for the whole seat, but you'll only need the truck assault with Mark Dorsey. <laughs> so it can only go down from here. <laughs> yeah. Already set the bar low. Let's <laughs> keep going. <laughs> way down there. Way down. Why don't you set it up, man? So we're here with Mark Dorsey, AIA um, show. I invited him. Man, it's been a couple of years and actually in the making since we've actually decided to try to do this, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I told him about uh, podcast last year. So my background um, uh, to kind of introduce you guys to the audience with CSI, um, the Construction Specification Institute, as I've been involved um, from a man for about seven, eight years now, I think, totally. And um, for the past year, I've been officially out of his director role. But if I served on the uh, National Board of Directors, that's where I got to know Mark. Um, the CEO now um, of of the institute um, at national level for CSI, and s- anyway served about two almost two and a half years I guess uh, kind of bled a little bit back and forth, um, and uh, man just really got to know his uh, leadership style understand exactly the direction um, he wants to take uh, CSI in which it needs to go I think I was the best way to say that, and it's Great way uh, to say it. it's been a um, Man, it's actually been a pretty long journey, I think, that he's been under and also the Institute's been over to really kind of just turn this thing around. So today we're going to talk a lot about CSI. We're going to talk a lot about AIA and kind of how, I don't know, but also we kind of want to get to know Mark a little bit, if you don't mind. Sweet. I've never been, by the way, to a monster truck show, so you that's a great <laughs> intro. Thanks. You're, you're very welcome. I actually went to one this last year with my kids because it was a Saturday. My wife was busy all of a sudden. I looked online and they were like twenty-two dollars, <laughs> and it was so much fun was in, it really? in, in the most ridiculous way, just to have this to see these loud machines just sort of doing things that my truck doesn't do. Yeah, obviously. everything I know I know from watching The Simpsons, so that's yeah. about as good as it gets. It's kind of it, it almost lives up to it entirely, yeah. except yeah. everybody wasn't yellow. <laughs> Other than that, it was almost like bit for bit. It's yeah, perfect. That's pretty it cool. Was, it was no, incredible. Mark's, Mark's just as special as for Truck Month. <laughs> no, there. That's yeah, it. it or Shark Week. It happens twelve times a year. Yeah, you know. So, uh, no. <laughs> but uh, that's that's that's, that's <laughs> us saying that we know, you know, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. Let's 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 really get to know Mark. Yeah. Let's go back in the wayback machine. Let's do it. Let's go back. Uh, this starts not on this coast, but the other coast. Or does it start on this coast? No, it actually it starts on the place where people think there is no coast, but actually has the oh. most coastline in the United States. Is this like the Ozarks or something? Yeah. So my grandparents, so my grandparents uh, moved to Alaska in the 1930s. Ah, the Alaska. And, and my okay. grandmother went to school in uh, Seattle, at Queen Anne High. And for some reason, Love that during P&W. So everybody loves all roads going to the P and W. They do, and uh, and actually, my father uh, went to Western Washington University, and then Bellingham. He went to a couple wow. of other schools, and he finished up. Uh, I came along when they were on the U of O tour uh, ah, sometime. So. You know, when they had married dorms, by the way. So <laughs> oh, that, that's oh. a throw way back. Oh, that's there yeah. was married dorms. Oh yeah, that's yeah. yeah yeah. You were single, or you're in the married dorms, and you know they they were flying DC threes from SeaTac to Anchorage. I mean, <laughs> so this is like the late the 90s. Vomit, the vomit rocket. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I, I grew up in Alaska. My mom actually 
so my mom was in uh, construction-related industry. She, um, uh, in my sordid youth and before there were things like OSHA, um, <laughs> I, I, safety. Yeah, safety. safety. <laughs> when I was in my teens, one of the things that I did is I, I worked uh, in, for a group that uh, manufactured uh, fiberglass, you know, everything from um, uh, uh, shower stalls to... Safety. Yeah, so, safety. So, and part well, of one of my wow. job was to repackage 55-gallon drums of urethane foam and acetone and that cool stuff with, by the way, my bare hands as a teenager. Hello. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Just right? everything. With a ton Just of training to begin with, probably. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Here's how you open Only it. Here's everything you... can go wrong. <laughs> That's right. That this thing fills it up. Right. Have a good this day. This is how this works. <laughs> yes, yeah, and I, and I did spill. There were some hazmat spills for sure. Well, I can only imagine. Man. Yeah, and uh, she uh, she actually sold uh, products that were installed into the Trans Alaska Pipeline oh, back in the day. So I in the summers I worked in her warehouse. That That's sp- spelled that that guy, and then I wound up getting you know because I where had warehouse this? experience. Where, where that was, was Anchorage. That was Anchorage. Okay, okay, all right. Go ahead. And then Keep after going. high school, I wound up working in Woodenville, Washington. Oh. That is uh, that's special to me. Yeah, right, right over here. That's right my right home. Here. That is ten square miles. I call home. Yeah, and it used to be farmland. It's still technically zoned mostly farmland. <laughs> All right, I believe technically zoned. Yeah. So, so I worked for a group called Land Construction. All right. And they laid water and sewer lines for um, uh, 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 housing developments, but because I happen to have some warehouse background. I got to work at the construction yard in like summer of 79. It was like a Brian Adams song happening. (laughs) And and it was the hottest summer summer on record. 69, right? (laughs) It was the hottest summer on record for Seattle. That's why I learned to get up early. Those are the worst. It was brutal. It was brutal. But, you know, next thing. We're in Vegas and we're complaining about heat in the the Northwest. Inside. Okay, there you go. 100 degrees in Woodenville in a summer, that's a hot day. That's a. That is a very hot day. That's not good. Yeah. So that all inspired me to go to college. (laughs) (laughs) So that's a that's a that's a that's a not as linear path as as some, but it got you right there. No, for sure. Yep. (laughs) Pointed you said, "Hey, college sounds good, right?" Yeah. College college sounded really good, and uh, you know, then I had a long sorted career in associations, which I very much enjoyed, and then got the opportunity to work for CSI and. You know, then I moved to Virginia because you go for the job, you stay for the humidity, <laughs> and that's been awesome. Because moisture is king. Right. Uh, I'll tell you right? what. I can say this: uh, our moisturizer bills have gone down considerably since moving from Colorado. Oh, yeah. There's, there's a little so bit. So you're no longer investing in in uh, scary hand lotion. No, no, you don't need that. <laughs> Just. No. We're bathing in chapstick while you're. <laughs> I actually told Walker out. as we as we came in came to take to Vegas, we were getting an Uber here, and I was just like. I was like, hey, I actually remembered my chapstick this time, so I don't have to spend $13 at the casino <laughs> on a piece of chapstick to basically just kind of keep things, yeah. I don't know, moving. Not bad, 13 bucks. My cup of coffee and a Fiji water cost, uh, what was that? Uh, it was 16 Oh, oh this morning. I was super excited about that. <laughs> What's with the Fiji water? Yeah. Yeah, that's the second time it's come up, actually. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that Fiji water. Yeah. The Fijians. <laughs> they got a racket going. The markup so, is incredible. So what, uh, you know, this the history is actually... Is really important. I think that gives gives context to the um, the character that they call Mark Dorsey. Um, so it's a. Uh, I think there was one blog that came out as soon as you were actually brought on to CSI. Um, is we can't. Um, there was a reference to Family Guy. I think was there. Yeah, I think so. You know. Well, there's a lot of Mark Darcy references, <laughs> and there's a lot of Mark Harmon references in Family Guy. But yeah, I, I can't speak specifically. For my no, I, and if you're saying I look like Peter Griffin, I might have to drop this phone, and we're gonna have to throw it down. Yeah, yeah, you should say it. I kind of, I kind of want to see that. Yeah. Anyway. You got cameras going, so let's see what happens. I do. Let's make this Oops. happen. It just became fight night. No, I think in that, Vegas. No, I think that everybody has the persona within it. And I think uh, what I've appreciated working with you over the past couple of years is just that it's not necessarily you know how do I say this is that you're not the cheesecake factory where everything's on the menu, right? It's just like all options are there. It's, it's it's actually like, this is what I know, and this is the lane that I stay in, and this is the direction we're going to head. Sure. You know what I mean? I think that's yeah. there's an important factor about that. Rather, it's the it's the food truck mentality rather than the, the cheesecake. Well, factor. put it a little different. You know that the the as an association exec, I mean that's what I've made my career doing. Correct. And, and Correct. I had occasion to kind of reflect back on some things. I went, wow, you know, there's some things that I've been involved with that. Uh, new programs that you know exist 30 years later, mm-hmm. and, and the 
where associations really live in this really cool space. They, they do things that the private sector can't or won't do, and they do things that government can't or won't do. And in, in many cases, they're self-regulatory. And there's a lot of that, or, or that we support ongoing professional education in particular. So, you know, really what my job is, yes. is to ensure that your time, energy, and money are well spent as you're trying to either further your career or further your professional network or further your social network. And, you know, around that board table is all the subject matter expertise yeah. that we need. Yeah. I know not just enough about the subject to be super dangerous yeah. because that's, I, that's you know, exactly I don't know what, what we, I don't know. No, but, that's, that's, but that's wildly important. Yeah. No, it is. It's wildly important to know where you sit and to understand that that's where you sit. And right. where you it's don't. It's an undervalued and, and where you uh, don't. notion. It really is. It is. It's I mean, wildly undervalued as... I, as a, 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 this is what I do, and this is what I'm great at, and this is what I'm going to do. Right. Versus, I am this guy, I can do it, it's fine, just, just I'll dance around it or get there eventually, or right. I know a guy, I'll get you some information after this. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I'm going to stop you two both right now. Do it. I'm going to wind back because we have, you know, of, of our... 20 subscribers. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and they're here, too. They're yeah, all, they're all, they're all, see you guys. They're all family. <laughs> but um, not everybody understands, because not everybody's from the exact architectural side. There's contractors, subcontractors, owners, developers. Let's back it up. What is CSI? Besides crime scene investigations. Ooh, that's you want to get under some folks' skin. That's all you have to do is make that connection. That's why I did it that's immediately. Why he, that's what he does. Yeah, he <laughs> if he can get under some folks' skin, <laughs> that's where he lives. Boop. So, Boop. no, but yeah, that's a good. That's a good question. Why don't you? Uh, I'd love to hear your. Well, answer. you know, as a former board member, I'd love to hear. Oh, your <laughs> I knew it. I knew well, it. You see, I he says it, he's he it, says he's not going to talk technical, but that's just deflection. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so here, here's my here's my crack at it. Um, one of the things that CSI has that's really great is how it owns the space about how construction information is organized and how that information is communicated in order to improve the delivery of whatever project it is we're working on. And right now, we tend to be focused primarily in kind of traditional architecture spaces, but, you know, contract, man uh, sorry, construction management, where uh, contract administration right. is a particularly yeah. big deal, we intersect there. But the work that, that our members do touches on everything from ownership through the design process. So architects, engineers, the product and, and the work has to be specified to a certain degree right. so that it can be conveyed, of course, to contractors and subcontractors, yep. all in a way, by the way, that is going to create a product or, or a building that is going to be uh, able to be you know, maintained. So the, mm -hmm. all of a sudden facilities management becomes an issue. And then the circle of life continues because all those things circle back to the owner. So one of the great challenges is that has generally been kind of handing off from silo to silo to silo. Right. right. And in particular yeah. for someone that was That's called... exactly what we talk about. Right. Yeah. The, right the spec knows. writer, if you will. Oh, for sure. Right. You know, so they get, they get kind of pushed off to the side, but they have the unenviable work of... You're a oh. fact checker. You're an editor. You're you know you're you're supposed to interpret the you're design a, you're intent. A legal, you're a legal writer. I mean, you're, I mean all that stuff. Right, all those things, and the the thing that is intersecting is technology. So where the big challenge <laughs> this is is, exactly is where I wanted to go. It's uh, as, as we're as we're talking, <laughs> I mean the best probably the single best definition I heard from a member was. Well, what we do is we take your three-dimensional idea, put it into two dimensions, words, so that you can create a three-dimensional object. Well, now we're not doing it that way. What's happening is the three-dimensional idea is not only being envisioned, but it's being modeled or it's being 3D printed. Correct. And I should, you know, if I'm in a virtual reality or augmented reality environment, I might be able to point at that object, look at the, uh, uh, look at the characteristics of that object, and in the ideal world, I should not just see the generic representation of that object in the specifications. Right. In the ideal world, I'm looking at the specific product. And right. if I'm really cooking with gas, <laughs> then what we're doing is we're doing predictive modeling on how well that product is going to perform mm. so that I can communicate the cost benefit of see any product saying? substitution. Yeah. This guy's dangerous. How am I doing? He's good. I told you. <laughs> so you can, he, yeah, apparently he doesn't dangerously know. Dangerously educated. He, he apparently doesn't know a lot about technical stuff, but there is some danger over here. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. No. Hyper danger. <laughs> yeah. Hyper danger. <laughs> no, that's fascinating, specifically on, on the realm of, of advancing the, the, the technologies as the uh, 
as the industry, as the buildings, as everything is, is becoming smart. Right. Smart. Um, this seems to be sticking along with everything else. Well, it, and we're only as smart as the data. So that's the real. Sure. The, you know, and, and that's a place I think that CSI can, as a neutral organization, play well. Because while there are a lot of competing forces in this room, associations are a neutral ground where competitors come together to solve industry-wide issues. And one of them is, well, how do we create a more effective, efficient uh, uh, construction industry? In one, if you read the McKinsey report from a year or two ago, we are one of the most inefficient markets. Even though we're one of the biggest markets, we're also incredibly inefficient. Incredibly inefficient. Wildly inefficient. No, for sure. For sure. So the, and then uh, the other demographic issue is we have four generations, basically five now if you count Gen Z, all working in the same space, and we're all used to different tools. It doesn't mean, by the way, somebody who is a uh, baby boomer or you know older baby boomer is adverse to using technology, you're just not inherently a digital native. Right. And it doesn't mean that digital natives understand data and data structures. It just means they know how to use whatever's in front of them, ask exactly. my kids. <laughs> so so bridging our kids. Yeah, bri yeah. That's the exact same thing. Bridging that gap is, I think, um, an attitudinal challenge, but it's also a functional challenge as uh, especially as new generations are coming out of school and saying, look, I'm, I'm working with this technology over here. This is how we track information. And yet you want me to work with a Word document or a PDF file because that's the way we've always done it. Right. It doesn't make either side wrong, by the way, because, no. but it, it's, it's moving that direction. And it's, it, so there's a whole generational set of conversations that add an additional challenge to the work and That's how to do that without saying you're wrong is really one of the well, things that we've got to be able to do as CSI. Yeah. No, and that's it actually has a very collaborative discussion when you bring actually bring it up that way, Mark. And the collaborative discussion of CSI is tra traditionally, well, construction generally, but CSI has been seen as more of a hierarchical place. In that, in that there has been kind of like in that space, in a, in a space like you know, like we've we've seen a senior spec writer actually determine the different technical ways of communicating stuff inside of an extra, um, an architect firm, and then you have then the the subset of of people that sit below them. And architectural and construction is very hierarchical in general. So when you talk about it, is an association is there for competitors to come and figure out problems in a more neutral environment, safe environment for sure. You know, I. Yeah. I the think trust it, tree. Yeah, the trust tree. Right. It's the circle of the, yeah, there you Safe go. space. That space over there. This space. The this circle the of trust. The, the empty <laughs> space near me. <laughs> no, it, it brings a different collaboration. I mean, but that's actually one of the topics I wanted to get into is, is, the, is the generational gaps that you're seeing in communication. Um, uh, because we've, we've obviously been on the manufacturing side. We've seen a lot of the industry struggle and to basically attract talent to see those things work. Right. And now, just because of what's been in the past 2008, 9, 10 recession that we've seen, a lot of those kind of vacate the market to then now, are they now returning or is this new generation of younger millennials coming back or what's actually happening in your view? Well, th this is a place where kind of the association thing overrides uh, or informs a different discussion for me because these conversations are happening in all sorts of technical fields, whether okay. it's medical, sure. whether it's engineering, uh, what does diversity and inclusion look like? Uh, one of the best questions I heard asked the other day was, look at who you're selling to and tell me how many of the people you're selling to look like you in your booth or you in your firm. That's exactly what I just yeah, said. Yeah, when just, we, we right. were actually coming to the show, going to come and set up for the podcast, yeah. we walked through this majorly long hallway and I just said, how many people did we actually pass that were our age? Yeah. Well, or, or it's, it's, I don't even think it's an age thing. And there's it might, a, yeah, it might not be. You know, if, I mean, you know, it's time for the 15th annual, how are we going to get millennials to work with us in the workplace <laughs> conversation? Because, listen, if you're of reproductive age, you're an adult, and, and millennials have, are pretty far down along. Yeah, now we're talking true. about Gen Z coming into yeah. the workforce. Yes. The, the issue is, I, I still think, human communication it's exacerbated, exacerbated by the speed of technology. It makes it easier for stuff yeah, to, to go wrong. You're right. And um, rather than look at, you know, a, a whole generation and say, well, they behave this way. Well, that's yes, no, maybe. What is going on is you do have a generation entering a workforce that is loaded with school debt, that has a very different set of ideas mm -hmm. about 
the kind of time I am willing to devote to my employer because they have been raised by parents, by the way, whose employer showed them not the kind of loyalty that my parents got, you know, when, 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 you know, you went to work, you could work for 20 or 30 years. There was a pension that was well managed. I mean, the the idea of spending 40 years career in one spot, that's, and, and, you know, when I hire, far between anymore. Right. And I, you know, I, I, I'm happy if I, if I hire somebody and they're going to be with me three years, that's a win. And I have to, by the way, acknowledge that they're probably participating in the gig economy somehow. Mm -hmm. So they've got to be able to play and have a side hustle. Those are, those are all different things. And it's just a matter of being able to walk in the shoes of another human being and say, all right, how, how is what you're doing going to help enhance what we're doing as an enterprise? How do I remain open to that? In some cases, as an employer, I have decisions to make about what I will or won't tolerate right. and vice versa. So an example would be yeah, that's a, if, okay, go ahead. if you're consuming high amounts of bandwidth because what you have to have is you have to have workstations that have enterprise class mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, 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 design tools, well, that's a reason to come into the office. Yes. But more and more and more, you don't have to do it that way. Correct. You measure productivity differently. So we, we try to be flexible in our workplace as an organization, but I can tell you every association's facing this. Really? Be- engineering schools are, sure. for sure. Yeah. You know, you're, we're, we're talking about, uh, we're, we're seeing pipelines where there are increasing numbers of women in particular coming into firms. And you can see the pipeline, but how is that going to reflect partnership level, senior leadership level? Right. That would have been traditionally male-dominated dominated, um, uh, professions. Public safety, I mean, in terms of diversity and inclusion, we lag public safety by a lot. Interesting. You know, as as Interesting. as a community. So if we're going to be attractive, you know, as an association, sure. you have to be able to see yourself in that association. And if you look monochromatic or monolithic, you are not going to attract yeah. those other people. You and, just won't. And your diversity then winds up becoming a business issue. And this is where I think folks get it wrong. It is not simple about payback, a checkmark. Simple ROI. Yeah, I get right. it. Yeah. You know, diversity of ideas, diversity of perspectives. Mm-hmm. The, the business literature is full of cases where the more diverse your culture, the more ideas you bring to the table, the more profitable you're going to be, the more likelihood you have of success. It is not for its own sake. It is because it's reflective of the community and it enhances what you're trying to do. So from a CSI standpoint, I want to be able to do a couple things. I recognize, for example, good news, bad news is, right? Okay. Construction is rocking, right? It has been since the <laughs> good recession. Good news, bad news. Right? <laughs> Which excites and terrifies everyone at the same moment. Exactly. Yes, it does. So what happens then is if, if I'm super busy at work and my employer wants every billable moment they can get out of me, when do I have time for professional development and what are they going to support? Lunchtime, hence the lunch and learn. I don't want to deal with a lunch and learn. By the way, I want to see my kids, right? (laughs) But so I have to create smaller bits of information so that you can learn at your time and place of need, not because I'm going to require you to come to the same place every month at the same time. Well, I think it actually begs the question of how is professional development in just a hobby format for that individual how is he working on some of that? How is he playing guitar? How is he getting introduced to music or, or any of that kind of stuff? YouTube? Like, you know, ex- <laughs> yeah. That's exactly, right. <laughs> that's exactly That's the, exactly the format that I'm asking about it because it's, it's a it's – a, is this where it goes from a, like a Gen Z standpoint or – No, I, I, I mean, do, or, you know, I, I think what happens when we get into that discussion is we, yeah, ma- yeah. we wind up making some false choices. Okay. So there, there was a school of thought that said, well, digital is going to kill magazines. We're still fortunate. Mm. We pu- we publish the construction specifier twelve times a year. Right. Yeah. We still have great numbers. We you have to complement with digital. So one yeah. w- one that's the dynamic force you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. Because okay. um, you know in, in places where I've worked before and published, when our magazine dropped, we'd watch our digital traffic go up because we would use them to tease each other. For sure. So if I want short form content or video content, Absolutely. that's in the digital environment, but I can tease that deeper content and people still like reading pages. Absolutely. You know? So I, sure. I can do that on your phone. I can do it on your iPad. I can do it with what comes in your mailbox. Mm-hmm. The whole idea is to get you engaged in content that's of interest to you. And your tolerance for bad content as a consumer is going to be, you're going to have about the, the life of a mayfly. Not, not very long at all. Uh, okay. 
So how are how are these how is CSI diversifying that that content? Oh, that I'm you know glad you asked. <laughs> so just Thursday, Wait, did you guys plan that? That no, seemed no very planned. No, but he he wouldn't have known this because just Thursday we relaunched our website. Oh yeah, uh, in in a very mobile friendly form. What's the website? Uh, CSI resources dot org. Thank CSI you for that. Resources. Thank you for that. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Thank you. That <laughs> That's right. Um, and. We just launched a new online learning library, which we're beginning to populate with content that you can... You know, aggregated, a, documented, and then posted? Uh, not only searchable, but uh, will lead to content that you can watch in order to maintain your continuing education credits. And one of my aspirations is, listen, if accountants can do this, we can do this. Uh, in places like in Ohio... Aspirations. Yeah, aspirations. aspirations. <laughs> Five, 10, and 15-minute chunks of time can be reviewed, can be... Uh, viewed and you would you would uh, take a test of your knowledge and taking those courses can be uh, credited towards your licensure. So think about that. Wow. So if we can do that in that environment, so it's not just the infotainment. No, it's not. <laughs> oh. Right. I mean, no, no. This but, is, but oh, this is a different. This is a different format of actually of of how associations or how CSI is diversifying that for actual applicable licensure. That that's the piece is I think that that, that was kind of gone over very quickly, but seems wildly valuable, wildly important, and exactly what is needing to happen is in, in that license moment. Right. So so uh, we have 20,000 people out there with the CDT, the Construction Documents Technologist, credential. We moved that to a certification for a couple of reasons. One is in order for people to keep up with the state of the art or demonstrate the keeping up with the state of the art in the industry, it, it's, not, it, it's not anything more than that. But when you have three times the number of people that have that credential as we have members, we have an obligation, I think, from an industry standpoint to say, if you're going to go around with the CDT, it should represent also your currency within the, uh, within the industry because the industry yeah. is asking for that. Well, and I think some of the members have actually asked why the CDD has changed to a continuing education or a continuing certification, and I think it would be good to... Just park a couple, I don't know, 20, 30 seconds on something like that. I, sure. You know? Well, the, the, the reason is just that is, uh, I mean, before I came here, CSI's own leadership wanted to go down that path. They wanted, they wanted to make sure that when you have the CDT and you're representing that, um, it, <clears throat> it has the discipline that says, you know, every few years what we do is we do a job analysis. Right. And we understand how the content related to taking the CDT relates to the work being performed. We've been running this program for, you know, dozens of years. So, <laughs> yes. you know, over time, the jobs that we're doing are going to change. The technology alone around construction documents has changed. True. So the, the idea is if, if you're going to have that credential and we're going to stand behind it and it's a trademark credential and it represents a body of knowledge uh -huh. that you've said you have skill that we have to attest right. to as an organization, one, I would think that you as the test taker, the person that has that would want to say, yep, my organization not only stands behind me, but that differentiates me from the person that doesn't have it. Well, or, I also think that it actually allows for the CDT to, um, to actually be a continuing story and actually have that and have them actually give the value back to the association as well and participate right. more. Right. I mean, it, it lends itself to exactly what you're saying as far as how um, content is being diversified in the ways of doing it. It's just participation involves that diversification. Sure. So that's um, very interesting. No, it's a, it's a very robust dyna dynamic community, which be. is one it of the things that 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 you know the members of CSI through its board of directors have communicated that they want. The, the highest order of good is we are here to re to help you realize your full professional potential. That's it. That's yeah. that's the end game. Right. You know, the end game is you are a better professional for having intersected with CSI. When I first came on, the, the challenge we were trying to solve was, but how do we do that at your time and place of need, not our time and place of need? That's the inflection point for a lot of associations. Well, that's yeah. what's currently happening is the switching that, I think. Yep. So go ahead. Keep no, no, you're, you're, that's, that's it right there. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the headline. No, that's a big I, one. No, it's it's for me. I look at it as in in the association world and actually improving. So going back to Edify, and our our mission is is that we are here to improve both mind and character. That's what Edify Studios means, and I think it's an understanding of of how associations are mirroring that improvement. You know what I mean? But you have to be on demand. You have to be in a place where actually that 
that association member or that that uh, that industry professional can actually like participate in that world. Yeah, in, in an on-demand experience. Well, what what makes it really challenging, and this is this is another trend writ large that we don't often talk about, but there is so much content out there. there oh man, whoops. No, no, no. There is so, so many, much content. content. Yeah, there is there just so much content. Yeah, YouTube, uh, you know, podcasts. I mean, you name it. The number of ways that we as individuals can do, uh, produce content is mind-boggling. I mean, the statistics <laughs> oh, yeah. about how much content is produced daily compared oh, to the sure. sum of human history is amazing. What associations can do is work with the subject matter experts to vet that content, to separate the wheat from the chaff, so that when you come to us or you come to AIA or you go to USGBC or you go to the general contractors sure, or sure, ABC, sure. Whoever, whoever, whoever your tribe is, you can then separate, well, this is content that is more likely to help me in my career than just happening to do a random YouTube search because, you know, Brad decided one day he wanted to wake up and, yeah. you know, talk windows. Yay. Hey, yeah. I can see through them. They're windows. <laughs> Thank goodness. And, and I think there's also a massive differential between how much content exists, how much content has value for us in our nook, how much value that even bleeds out in, in, in an out really unbiased fashion as well right. sometimes. And I think there's bias in everything, sure. no matter what. I just don't, don't think that it can be out there. But like the real, in, in, in my everyday life, the true heroes that I don't ever get to know and I don't show enough respect to are these people who spend two hours YouTubing how to change the battery on their lawnmower or changing a faucet over or, or taking apart their dishwasher. Like these are the heroes of, oh, of, of what we're doing right now because that's become how we consume information. Right. It used to be you'd ask your father-in-law or the old guy down the road <laughs> would come over. I got, I got one for you. Yeah. I, I'm, in a, I'm in a Chrysler 300 rental car. Ooh. I got, it was a nice rental car. <laughs> Swag. Yeah, got the, yeah. It was, you know, so much better than the Toyota I was about to be in. Nothing not against no, no, Toyotas. No, no. But, you know, this is a pretty cool car. Great well, car, less swag. You're right. So if, <laughs> if you try to find how to release the gas cap on, on the 300 so that you can put gas in it, right. it is not readily apparent at all where that is. And I had to, while sitting at the gas station, go to YouTube yeah. to find out where to find it, which, by the way, is in a top secret location underneath, like, the pass, the oh, driver's man. side seat. But your informational But was something there? Was there a video oh, that showed because yeah. somebody had done... And that's the that's the people I'm talking about. Are the people who take that moment? Not and just going, are not, you, not just are one, you by the way. Kidding me? Not just one. Oh no, dozens. Right? <laughs> but that, that one very like that is hyper specific. That is a tiny menu. And to think that one person did it, let alone the dozen. Right. Yeah, for sure. Thank you to all of you who are out there because I can't tell you how many times it's gotten me out of ridiculous amounts of disaster. Right. And I'm just mid, and I'm just like dripping with something, and I'm trying to figure out. Not how to deliver a calf or something, but <laughs> right. but but like how to how to how to like for me it was changing uh, some the blades on my lawnmower, like, right? And I and I every time I'd, I'd be like I got it, no, no. I, I got this. I had to go back to the video I like got six this, times. I, got this. I don't got it. I don't no, have it. No. But that but that content, you know, it, the the fact that it is out there is right. wildly important. I think the way to, to to push that through the sieve, and to to create channels and to create networks um, that you can get that actual factual. I mean, part of the reason that we're doing this, and this is not as CSI related as, as it should be, but... Well, it is today. It is only today. <laughs> no, but is, is we want to get information that we find super relevant yeah. that you can't do a YouTube search for and find. Right. right. Yeah. And it's, it's information that, that is wildly known to many and isn't searchable by right. most ways of getting this well, information. If, but if it's not now, it will be. I for mean, sure. that's, 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 the, that's the hope, right? right. right. And, and, and that it's, it's, it's just as good information. I mean, yeah. that's, the, that's the crazy thing is I've never gone through one of these little YouTube things and had, had that be completely wrong. Right. Because <laughs> right. Right. That, that's a lot of power. Right. Well, of course, you know, that when the information overlords take over, as they have, <laughs> um, you know, what they'll be doing is they'll actually be searching our verbal content and they'll be, you know, classifying that according to the taxonomy without us even knowing it. We won't be doing keywords around this. No. No. So how is how is CSI actually diversifying that content now? And, uh, you and, mean and in terms it, of delivery it, or it, generation? Both. I, I would like to talk about, you know, CSIresources.org. Um, I think it's become a, a force. 
to tell you the truth. Yeah. You've done a good job at basically making sure you can bring a community in. I think one of the biggest things about CSI is, is chapters have kind of lived within their own worlds and regions live within right. their own worlds. And we've always been this kind of island of either whomever's kind of managing it or working through it. But yeah, the community of CSI has actually been very helpful. Like when we come to these shows or expos, I know that the, the, the CSI members have always been very helpful as far as what's worked for them, how it's worked. But now you're actually bringing together that community through CSI resources yeah. to start actually having the platforms to discuss, you know, best practices. And then also, I mean, but what's what what be, what's going beyond that? Right. Well, now? so the you know, a lot of websites we'll just start from their premise. Most websites are still brochureware. Sure. For most, yeah. you know, and, and I, I mean, in the association community, it's a challenge also because we think, you know, 10, 15 years ago, all you needed for a website is you had a webmaster, a term that doesn't exist anymore, by the way, functionally, and, and you had a database person. Well, now you've got to have rich content. You've got to be able to have video content. You've got to have blog content. You've got to be, you know, your proof of life uh, has to be at least once a week, if not daily. Um, and and so we made a conscious decision to organize primarily around communities because okay. um, it, it was it was kind of it was kind of uh, uh, fashionable to say you know we don't need to do those we won't do that we'll just let you know LinkedIn handle that or right. Facebook handle that and now all of a sudden what's hap- what happens is you have to create these four Jeez. five six different cross promoting platforms that people may or may not pay attention to and as we've seen those social platforms. Uh, evolve. Frankly, the you know the one that's still probably the most credible is LinkedIn because people oh, yeah. are there for professional development. True, but um, still subject to the same issues of sponsorship and credibility and all those things. So we focus primarily on: is there a dynamic way that isn't the traditional listserv model? Okay, that people can come together, share content, ask questions to solve problems. And one of the things we actually do consciously is we also post seed questions. To the community. We actually asked, I, I, I can't remember uh, one we did, I can't remember if it was Halloween or not. We'd actually ask, you know, what's the scariest building you've ever been in? We've asked, you know, wh- so which buildings are really cool. Not necessarily technical, but something that you could answer. Right. Wait, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. The, the, <laughs> the towering inferno. Love that. No. Um, so the, the uh, or, or, you know, how many times it's been remade and how many different ways. Yeah, yeah. I get it. So, so the, the idea is, is that that engages the community with each other, and our focus is helping you solve your workday problem. And Interesting. Initially, it was um, the first energy was around things that, you know, I'll just lovingly call it things we can do to improve CSI. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> that but, can go south or north really quick. Yeah. <laughs> but what, what started to happen is we started seeing more people saying, you know, asking questions how do I, you know, where do I source information about this spec? Have you come up, you know, how have you developed, you know, dealt with a specific problem? Sure. Have you shared content? Now we're cooking with gas. And that that number for us, our engagement is yeah. going way up. Is it? What we will tie that to, that all of that content needs to also be referenced in our magazines. And it need, we need guest bloggers. So we've done a couple of guest blogs on the impact of technology in the construction space and on specifications specifically. Greg, That's a big uh, topic. Yeah. Greg Seaton's done a couple of those. So over time, you have to develop a content machine that continues to develop information and content that is going to be relevant to the folks uh, in in our space. So from guest bloggers, give videos and stuff like that too? Yeah. Or how's that, how's that we working? haven't quite gotten to the guest video blog yet, but I can see that happening. Because to me... Um, you know, it's really easy to get into, well, what is the medium when all content should actually be promotable or adaptable based on the media? So okay. if I'm going to put out a, a tweet, right. I've got to be able to distill that headline down to 140 characters. What is it, 260 now, I think? 260. Yeah, 260. I still like 140 better. 140 is way better. Yeah, 140. So I get the 140 characters, but what it does is it conveys a little information and invites you maybe to a five-paragraph piece on the website, which could link to a longer-form article. Exactly. Which might also have a corollary video for those that, you know, that's how they want to learn it. But it's driving you to the community to add the aggregate content. Right, and and vice versa. So we're asking the community about what's important to them to help feed content back to CSI. So instead of it being the traditional communication model, which is I'm going to broadcast to you and then, you know, 
you can take or leave whatever color car we choose to right. send you. Sure. It's actually asking the community to generate content back because it is ultimately their community. It's not the staff's community or the board's community. Right. It is the community of AEC professionals that are rallying around this particular common set of problems, just as they might come to architectural issues to AIA yeah. or contracting right. issues, you know, and so on and so forth. That's really, I think that's fascinating because yeah, I, I don't think a lot, enough associations take that perspective. I think a lot of associations that we've seen uh, take a slightly different, this is how we do it, so right. join and be part because that's the good way. Right. Con conform. It's, it's a very conform, but it's a, we, we'll, we'll set the boundaries, we'll set the rules, and then that's just kind of how it'll be, and you'll love it. Trust me. Right. The, You're well, going to love it, Mark. The, the traditional model is set in... Um, you know, kind of the civic societies, yeah. you know, so it's it's the Lions Clubs and the Elks Clubs, which is you pay your dues and then you get the goodness. And by the way, that works for Costco and it still works. But the number of organizations sure. that have actually taken from the association model <laughs> to create memberships, I mean, think of every frequent flyer program or in, uh, loyalty program you've ever seen. Okay. Those are right out of the association world. Interesting. For sure. Where we need to be able to go is say, look, we have good content first. And as a member, if you're a super customer, you're going to value that content at a certain level, and you're going to want to join the tribe for other reasons. Yeah. But we have an industry to serve, and our members want to serve that industry and their professional needs. And oh, by the way, here's really the kicker, and I think the most important point. If I can't do it on my phone, I'm not yeah. even going to. I'm, so Just stop, stop it's talking about it. It's community yeah. first. It's mobile first. Those are our mantras. So that's how we're diversifying. But it is also not throwing away those things that got us here specifiers are critically important to csi um, very the, very important know, the the magazine <laughs> and that technical detailed content very important because that's yes. that's our credibility you know in, in as an organization but it's also the core of who our members are yeah it's for me i look at it as is that that csi has taken a a place where you've chosen to evolve. And I think a lot of the associations out there that have just kind of sat inside a hierarchical Kiwanis Club model, you know, I mean, has, has basically, no, this is the way we've always done it. This is the way we're going to do it. This is the way we can do it. It's not necessarily listening to, I mean, uh, retrospectively, that's how a lot of the content was actually communicated. It was sure. disseminated through a call tree. Right. You know, and it was put through a place of like, Hey, you know, you heard from this, so they, that, that's what happened. Well, like everything else, technology flattens the distribution system. That's yeah. the hardest part because that that challenges long-standing culture, right? And 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 the emotional content of who 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 we are. What's really cool about it, though, is, is again, it doesn't have to be uh, a sacrifice or, or a knock. No, it but doesn't. but the single best thing, you know, if somebody's saying, well, "What's the value of CSI?" I would say to anybody here, A, it's super easy to set up a profile, get on the profile, get on CSI Connect, and pose a question to the community and see how fast you get an answer to your problem. That's the root value of what we do because associations exist not for the sake of having members, not for the sake of making a dollar. They exist for the sake of furthering a profession and a benefit to society. That's why you enjoy a tax-exempt status. Otherwise, yeah. <laughs> otherwise, what you are is you're a for-profit entity or your government. Right. So talk a little bit about that CSI Connect. I think that's actually a good point and good transition. Huge. You know, from, to actually show the accessibility of the community because through the, the traditional associations, it hasn't been very accessible from a national standpoint. But now the CSI Connect is actually showing a different way to actually access right. a global community. So where do, they, where do they go and find it? You, you just go to csiresources.org, set okay. up a profile, and you're in. And through uh, CSI Connect is the is the platform for it. Right, right. So what what you'll see when you go to the site is, uh, and this has been a big change. Is we had separate sites for things like Master Format and a different one for OmniClass and a different one for CSI that was brochureware, and then we had kind of a separate uh, listserv yeah. blog, and then you go right. to the construction specifier. Over time, this has been a big rebuilding effort. That uh, this is my choice. To, this is the this is the point that I'm making of choose to evolve, but you're right. bringing and go ahead. Yeah. So as a board member, you had to, you, oh, had, yeah. you had to say, yeah, we're going to spend money to do that. <laughs> yes, uh, but do. it is, it is, it is to unify all of those platforms. So the number of times you have to go around searching for content is reduced dramatically. You're one or two clicks away from whatever you need. That's a huge challenge. It's so important though. Right. 
So it's a huge challenge, but do you find that that challenge is, is starting to become less and less? Creating content five years ago was arduous and boring and hard, and to get somebody to actually type something out with all of the dramatic, creating content is actually really easy now because technology allows it to be easier. Right, creating good content though, that, that's, much that, harder. That, that wasn't the question, because <laughs> that is a totally different topic that you're right on. But it, uh, do you find that you're able to get the content that you're looking for in terms of offering faster? Um, yes, because we build more flexibility. No, because there is, uh, there's still less time in the day. So, you know, one thing our members are really good at is if we ask still a question, I can get a super long answer really oh, yeah. quick and, and probably a very well thought uh, out one. But it was either uh, Jefferson or Twain that did the, the, the I'd have written you a shorter letter if I had more time. Yeah. So that's the issue is it's not um, our challenge then is distilling the content so it's readable on your phone in five paragraphs and they're short paragraphs. And, and, and chunking it in a way that it's very consumable very quickly and can move you to the deeper stuff. Right. However, uh, the specifier does a great job, the magazine. Uh, we take from that, we, we, we feed that news in there. There's news from the community all over the place. And, and we are starting to get now more members who are willing to step up and say, you know, I'm, I'm up for writing a little blog piece over here for the, uh, for the site. And so sooner or later, you know that's gonna th th that energy will continue to build, and that, I think that's been really important because I agree. You know, go back to one of my earlier points. If you can't see yourself in the association, yeah. or the other old joke is, you know, the speech is always much more interesting when your name is the one being spoken, right? <laughs> For sure. <laughs> you know, pay a lot more attention. So perk up a little bit, right? Get our members to showcase themselves, and we invite that. We we want members to participate and non-members to participate to talk about their challenges in the industry to create the cross-pollination exactly. between it and it's and so if you were to talk to those I, I think one of the biggest struggles for CSI um, over the past is it been eight eight to nine years is is from a membership standpoint understanding the validity and the importance of actually becoming and participating as a member and the invitation now is is to do so in a very active format. You know what I mean? I, that's what I'm hearing. Well, this this will probably bake your noodle a bit, but <laughs> um, you know, m uh, membership is a lagging indicator of success. It's a result. Yeah. Um, and often organizations say, "Well, we, we need to first figure out how to get to be a member." That's a little bit like saying it's Friday night and I don't have a date. And by yeah. Joe, wouldn't it be great <laughs> if I could get a date right now? What do I need to do? And and then when you're desperate and dateless on a Friday. It, it never ends well. Okay. It never ends well. You're at the bar. It never ends well. So the the, the what what we want is if we have a vibrant, relevant community first, right. and we show value being there, and then you have other things that you ask for financial support in order to make you know more value happen. Okay. Well, then all of a sudden you've got a community. You've got a membership base. So if I invite you, you know, to come, Brad, you want to come to a yes. chapter meeting? No. We're, we're getting, well, that's the thing, though, <laughs> is, is if I've done it right, yes. I actually want you to fear missing out on that chapter meeting because of, what because the, of the, 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 the moment, plural, potentially, that you're not going to. It's that FOMO. It's that FOMO, right? I was yep. going to say it's the FOMO, right? Yep. Fear of missing out. Right. I, I need to go because the last one, ugh, I, yeah. I would have kicked myself in the face if, if I would have missed the last right. one, right? And I think that's hyper powerful to understand that, to, to build up those moments, because it's easy to, to put something out that says, hey, everybody, we're going to get together next Tuesday. Right. Right. That's easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I so, just did it. Next right. Tuesday, I'll see you guys. So I'll, I'll give you one that I'll give you a couple of cases. Yeah. We, one of the things we've implemented is uh, a program to help chapters not only uh, promote themselves more effectively, but change the experience when you get there. Because going and listening to a, a you know, the sage on the stage lecture. Mm. Kill me now. Oh, because, man. by the way, all of that I can get on YouTube. So yeah. whatever the didactic is from the learning standpoint, sure. that kind of information, read up before your book report, do that. And then you're going to come and we're going to workshop or we're going to talk about something really cool. So the this program that we've done with chapters, like Cook Inlet Chapter, you know, in Anchorage, has maybe 20, 25 members. Okay. 
they've been doubling their their attendance at events when they get 15 people, and now they've moved that to 30. From our standpoint, 50, you know, d- double huge. attendance, that's, that's good. That's big. Yeah. Um, we've, we've seen uh, the Detroit chapter increase its membership 25%. Just within the last six months, Interesting. Um, they wow. they did a they did a piece. Michigan's going to pot to talk about you know the green that green industry. That green. It it was they not only did such a good job getting people to come. There was a massive snowstorm in Detroit. The venue offered to let them cancel the event ahead of time and credit them, which is very unusual, unheard wow. of. They decided you know we're going to go ahead and go for it. They had 60 people signed up. 57 of those showed up, no and they had two way. people walk up at the door. Unbelievable. And this isn't a snowstorm. I'm like, oh what? So, what a great topic, though. I mean, it's huge. engaging. It's now. It's real. Right. I mean, missions, missions going to pot. That's pretty yeah. actually good. Yeah. That's really good. You know, so, you know, doing a brewery tour where I can have a beer and maybe I'll also look at the architectural wonder that is oh, this, mm-hmm. you know, so sexy. Yeah. Oh. So, and, and we're just seeing different ways this is coming together. I mean, they're getting more imaginative, and they're getting more imaginative in terms of the experience because our issue is not attracting members or attracting people to the content. That's happening. What we want is we want the experience to be engaging, memorable, and worth your time. Yeah. And in this day and age, asking for an hour out of somebody's day after work is asking for a lot. Asking yes. for four, impossible. Impossible. And and we when we get into what we're about, well, we need you to do this. You've lost. We I have to be able to look at you, Brad, and go, all right. <laughs> what what's what, what's in it for you? That's that's well, the first thing I gotta I mean, spend time on. That's the that's the reason why I ask. I, I kind of ask for the the membership question because it's a it's a results driven thing. But I think that for the sure. the answer to it overall is what you just said is is that the value is actually like pre-planning the value and providing the value there and the membership as a result of that value. Right. If I have 100,000, and this is my, you know, my dream, I've got 100,000 AEC professionals from all walks of life actively engaged in our, uh, on our website and in our communities and channels. Right. 10% of those will probably be members to help, help move that along. But then we are focused on mission. And don't get me wrong, you know, we, we, you know there's an old adage, no margin, no mission. Okay. But... The, pro- the thing is, is the reason people come to associations is to achieve mission, to move, your, sure. to move your profession forward, to solve those real world problems. Agreed. And if you're focused on that, all of those other good things come. So that's one of the shifts for us, I think, uh, as an organization is we are fiercely committed to that particular idea, making you uh, creating an environment so that you can realize your full professional potential whether that's learning, certification, uh, a, a vibrant community, a vibrant chapter network, however you want to engage with us. It also means we can't be all things to all people, so we have to pick and choose. Sure. But you, can't, you just can't be. But if we if we focus on You're those issues. You're the cheesecake factory. That's right. my, that was no. my point in the beginning. Right. Be the food truck. Right. Be the food truck. Right. Focus on what you do the best and do it the best continuously. You don't need 45 pages of food that you do mediocrely. Mediocre? <laughs> ma- <laughs> Madrocalously. Perfect. Yeah, that was better. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> it's a real word now. Stuck the landing. <laughs> no, it's I, I, it's important because I think we get um, there's a lot of CSI uh, members that, that I'll be sharing this with specifically um, to, to provide value, to provide engagement, to provide deeper understanding of the organization and the, the direction for it. Um, and I think um, from a value standpoint, I want people to see that, that there is forethought that's happening. Um, and that we, there is progression that is working on how it's actually coming, coming through the ranks and actually happening. It, do, it does take a while to make it work. But I think this, the, the uh, instant gratification that you get on YouTube or your phone or your Google machine is, is, is causing it. But I think just FYI, you guys are doing a pretty bang up job actually getting a lot of this stuff thanks turned around because it's it was heading in a grim direction and i and i'm i'm grateful to be a part of that ground some of that foundation work that was laid but the grim part you know, <laughs> um, were you the grim it was part? He- it was heading in a yeah, oh, no, we, we un- did we did call we and did then c- you got out until I, st- <laughs> <laughs> well, we we did call it. We level. used to call him the Reaper for a oh, reason. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's okay. Hey, yeah, well, he's good. thank you. I Don't fear the Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and for me, I um, it's I don't know. That's the reason why I kind of go down that path. And 
um, a couple, another topic I wanted to kind of dive into, and I know we're kind of extending a little bit of the time here, but is um, the importance of specifications and in, in kind of how it in it's um, is, is is CSI actually competing against that design assist process that's in work and the yeah, DBI? I was told there would be no math. Yeah, right. <laughs> Is there numbers involved here? <laughs> um, no. Well, well so you, 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 I mean, there are elements of, of how the work is performed okay. that, that I'm, not, I'm not an expert in that. But, no, for sure. But I, I guess what I would say is that the, now that we've kind of gone through some of this rebuilding, sure, and, sure. and there's no, no question we've been through you know, a solid couple of years of rebuilding, what I'm, I'm turning my attention to with the staff and with the volunteer leadership, we, we've re-engaged. So a, a couple things. Sure, um, sure. I, you know, I, I would mention there are all sorts of ways to volunteer for CSI now that are available through the website. So we have an online okay. portal, what, what those volunteer opportunities are. They're actually written like job descriptions and how much time it's going to take. And, you know, we can thank you and not fry you. But, it, you <laughs> know, if you have a topic area you're interested in, there's probably a place. Where's that found out? It's at csiresources.org. It and all is. goes to the same. Oh, sorry. csiresources.org. It's it very beautifully said. Go ahead. Thank you. Go ahead. Um, so one of the things, though, that I have been uh, engaged in conversation with the board is not what's the future of the specifier look like. Okay. What is the future of, of what does the world of work look like and how are specs created and maintained? Mm. Uh, and so, what does that process really look I knew like? You're gonna, I knew you were going to yeah. come up with a different answer to what I was. Yeah. The traditionally, is this question is going to be answered. So, go, sure, I appreciate it. So the the idea is again, um, you know, if you if you were to look at our members now, only about fifteen to twenty percent of them actually use the word specifier in their title, um, and and we have some folks who are not happy with that, but we also have technical arc. You know, they'll be a, they'll be called a technical technical architect. They're sure. an architect. They're an engineer. I mean, engineers live specifications. It's true. Um, we, I, I heard a really great story of somebody who's kind of on the verge of having a tough time with their job, changed their title to product research specialist, and next thing you know, they double their salary and they've got a career path. Um, so it, We actually talk a lot about this. That, yeah. That's actually interesting. Yeah, it, it is the what's in a name, and and I am, I am mindful that there are um, there are good reasons for longstanding members to have certain titles and they need to believe in that you know we need to pay attention to the specifier absolutely agree. but how a spec is created how it is implemented that process is changing and I'll be the first to admit I don't know enough about that to know that well, no. but I know the people that do well and that's <laughs> there it is no, but that's, that's okay. That's I think that's important to understand that because that's not what you need to be focusing on anyway. So as being hyper aware of it and, and understanding that is 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 the real value that's going to come out of that. Um, I think that the when you talk about the spec writer, that is something that is few and far between at a lot of architectural firms. I mean nowadays, right? And I think there's still and I know many spec writers out there. So don't email me after this. There's still a concept that a spec writer is 147 years old, lives at least or works at least three floors underground at all times, right. has a flickering light above them, and an anger management problem. So uh, having worked in uh, uh, learning fields where you deal with editors. Also and, not true. Also not, not true. true. Editors mm -hmm. and teachers who are also underappreciated oh, for yeah. what they do. Kind of like uh, we used to call them fact checkers, but that, <laughs> that doesn't exist in, anymore in journalism. No. So, um, you know, you're, you're right that that is an underappreciated art oh. yet of those that I you know of, of the of the members that I know who are independent spec writers they right. have more work than they know what to do with it's very true um, and I've, I've talked they're, to they're choking with work yeah and and uh, I talked to, to one who has a, a, a firm where she was uh, doing specs and architectural drawings and she thought that what she was going to do is yard out the specs and keep the drawings for herself and she oh flipped that she yarded out the drawings wow because they, she had so much spec work. Uh, or another one, uh, 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 another um, uh, member who has a, a small team of spec writers. Basically, she's recruiting English majors and teaching them about specs, and they have more work than they know what to do with. Brilliant. So, you know, brilliant. It, it, it's brilliant. It's, it's almost, you know, it, there's a little bit of, you know, I come from a liberal arts background, don't let word get out because they hear the liberal thing. And no, I don't worry, only 30 people listen to this. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I, if at the core we're about 
improving the work product for the entire project team. Agreed. Right? Yes. Then you have to, we're facilitating communication and language across the project team. To, for project delivery. I mean, for project delivery. To improve go. that. That's, that's the mission. So it's almost a liberal arts perspective. You have to be a generalist and a specialist at the same time which is a really hard place for folks to hold space. <laughs> and appreciated for none. Right. <laughs> that's, the, that's the real outlier is, is, is they have to be so savvy at everything, enough to bundle all of this massive building together in word format, and nobody appreciates it, and it's not right and, ever. And couple that with, um, so I've, I've been over at the Vim AEC booth, and I'm looking at, Going back to the beginning of our conversation, yes, but now I'm going to look at that object, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to click on that object in an augmented or virtual reality world, and now I have to look at the spec that is contained within the properties of that object and know if that's right, and know how it's going to, you know, how those pieces are going to fit together. Yeah. And man, talk about a challenge. So, or put another way, my my daughter is an English major with a master's in education and counseling, and she's a boat captain living in Alaska. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good. She knows how to talk to customers. Trust me. <laughs> I got caught up on the fact that she's a writer and a counselor. Yeah. So she should be a spec writer. Yeah. There you go. So I mean, <laughs> get right in. Just she should be a member today. Yeah. She <laughs> likes working outdoors though, so there is that. <laughs> well, you know, with today's technology, Tele telecommuting, right? You right from the right from the wheelhouse. Right from the boat. Yeah. Right from the wheelhouse. <laughs> You know, the, probably one of the coolest firms, though, is, uh, uh, you know, Dennis Hall and uh, Hall AEC. Okay. You know, he's got a building scientist, a spec writer, engineers, contractors, and architects all in his firm, and they deal with, I love the idea of forensic architecture. Oh, so if we're going to go. I like that. CSI. I love that term, too. Yeah. So he's a pilot, got his pilot license, and guess what? You know, you're using drones in order to go inspect a building or the exterior at heights you can't normally get to. There's some really cool stuff going on out there, and our members are in the thick oh, yeah. of it. So that's that's what I want to see. More of those kinds of stories come out about, well, what are you doing that's cool and interesting? Because to your earlier point, it doesn't have to be that image of I'm sitting there with a green visor on, <laughs> a cigarette hanging out of my mouth, and I just busted just a number two pencil. Burr. It's not, it's not <laughs> that Still kind of Still grinding the sharpener. No. Just a wall full of binders. Yeah. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Well, man, I can't say thank you enough. Yeah, this, First been, of all, this has oh, been you awesome, guys. man. You're not done yet, but listen. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for being part of this. Uh, we're going to wind this one down, and we're going to make you uh, be part of the Edify Top 2. So what, we're gonna, what you're going to tell us is basically your top two favorite things that are relevant either now or, or in the last couple of weeks you're to currently, you. Currently obsessed with could be something a, that's could, in your mind. Could be a Netflix show. Could be a song. Could be something that happened here. Something that's coming out in the future. Two things. I'm uh, I'm obsessed with the fact that Westworld is still in 2020, and they have teased an entirely new world. So, oh, I am I so grateful that. you brought up Westworld. Oh, yeah, I love that. Who is love that show? Right. Yeah. Just talk about augmented reality. Yeah. <laughs> Jiminy Christmas. Yes, yeah. that is an inappropriate teaser. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, Game of Thrones is over. So, what do you got to do? Speculate Nothing. about the next thing. Yes, yeah, true. Uh, um, the thing I'm obsessed with still is the, there, there is here at the AIA show, there's like one, um, uh, one uh, uh, lane, one aisle that is nothing but augmented virtual reality uh, uh, tools. Right. And it's really interesting to see who's hanging there and who's not. Yeah. But the number of those solutions that are popping up and the implication that has for our future. And by the way, it's not our future. So, um, now. right. You know, there's a, a sub, there's a, 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 a union out of, um, uh, Chicago and I'm so it's pipe fitters union. Okay. And they, they were just showing how, you know, one of their guys was involved in a, a, a job training course where they're doing inspections using Microsoft HoloLens oh, on yeah. a live site. Just talked about that. It, right. And, and we've seen those inspections. Anybody who follows Paul Doherty's stuff, mm -hmm. you've already seen this with, you know, uh, Thies and Krupp and, and inspecting, yes. uh, you know, using Microsoft HoloLens to, you know, bring in a specialist via Skype real time because I, I don't really know anything about a motherboard. I know everything else about the repair, <laughs> but I got to have somebody who's a motherboard specialist look at this it's thing. The, it's yes. the next thing closest to that matrix plug-in. Oh, it is so darn close. <laughs> the the implication... And, the, and then Westworld. Right. <laughs> Bo both of those implications for our world of work are what really keep me up at night and I'm yes. really obsessed about. I like Good. It. No, it's Good. really interesting. That's it's super important. I love the 
I love the twists and turns of pop culture back into the spec world. <laughs> We're only human. Oh, yeah. Right. No, well, I, you know, the good news is none of them involve dragons burning our place to the ground, so I'm, I'm happy about that. No longer. No longer. No That's longer right. a threat. <laughs> spoiler alert. That's right. If it's a spoiler alert to you now, you haven't been paying attention. It's true. No. It's true. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. Now, well, Mark, we want to thank you sincerely for joining the Edify Studios podcast. We wanna, we'll, put, we'll post up all of the links in the description to make sure CSI... Uh, resources.org, CSI Connect, um, your Instagram or uh, LinkedIn. Do you want to, I mean. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 You, you, you can find me on Instagram and, uh, oh, sorry, you won't find me as much on Instagram. You'll definitely find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Okay. Perfect. So, but uh, for CSI, it's at CSI Construction. Okay. So that's typically. Excellent. Outstanding. Sincerely appreciate it. What a great uh, topic. What a great conversation. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, I think that's it for us, right? Thanks, yeah, guys. Thanks, guys. We'll catch you next time at Edify Studios Podcast. See you. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Edify Studios Podcast with hosts Brad Glauser and Brad Walker. To learn more about Edify Studios, visit www.edify-studios.com. That's www.edify-studios.com. 